good afternoon, good evening, good desk. Welcome to another flashback episode of the Long Shot Podcast. It is the day after Christmas and all through the house. There's wrapping paper strewn across the floors and uh, pizza for dinner. I hope Santa Claus was good to everyone. He was certainly good to me. I got everything on my list. Every single thing I wrote on the list I sent to Santa. By the way, I am at my parents' house right now in my hometown of New Rochelle. And I will say they average between 10 and 15 Christmas cards a day. And I know that they plan to answer all of them. Can we get rid of that as a as a pointless waste of time tradition. Like, uh, I was going to insult a lot of people. Um, but, uh, I just think it's not, there's no, it's, it isn't, I, anyway, um, I tried to listen to several episodes to see which, uh, which was worth, uh, uh, listening to. <laughs> Excuse me. I hope I don't have COVID. Um, I listened to a couple of episodes, one with, but not the whole thing. Cause I would get to one little thing where I was like, Oh, somebody could take that the wrong way. Um, this was 10 years ago, but you can't say that now, you know, stuff like that, the way that comedy is always evolving. Uh, so I did not play any of those. Uh, but then I did not listen to all of the one I'm going to post today um because i just didn't have time so i hope it's okay it's a bunch of it's it's a live performance from the improv lab it was the first time we did live performing as a group maybe may the last time uh and by performing i mean actually getting up and doing sets as opposed to recording the podcast i mean it's a whole discussion we have on the show so um i hope there's nothing that gets anybody canceled. And if so, uh, if somebody does get canceled, I hope they get picked up by another network, which is, you know, what happened with Friday night lights. Um, so please enjoy this episode. Enjoy your holidays. Have a happy new year. I know that Amber has left the coast of France with Jeff. They've headed up to the mountains. The Alps apparently are a mountain range. In in France, Chamoniques, Chamoniques, Ch Chamoniques, and they are doing some skiing, some sledding, some hot tubbing, some tubing on the snow. So apparently, that's uh, they're having a lot of fun, and I am jealous. But at least I have this painting of Arnold Palmer to keep me company. Uh. Enjoy the episode and feel free to complain in the comments on YouTube or wherever you feel it's appropriate. All right, welcome to the long shot. 
Why don't you guys put your hands together for tonight's host, Mr. Sean Conroy and Eddie Pepitone! Namaste, motherfuckers! Namaste! Thank you, thank you so much. Namaste! God, welcome, I... welcome to the first live long shot performance show. We've done a live show before a couple times, but we weren't really performing. We were just we were just doing our podcast. By the way, I'm just people. I'm just realizing now that you don't think we were performing on our other live podcast. We were just having a conversation in front of people. That's not a performance. Join the conversation. Isn't that an advertising slogan? Could be. What is that from? What what company is that? KPCC? Maybe it which is. is which is a a, a a news station? Oh, public radio. Oh, public radio. They're Join fucking the... boring. They are boring. They're Fuck like, Ow! them. Fuck them. No, they are. It's like they're people who come up with these slogans. What do you got for me, Al? You've been brainstorming all day. What Join do you the got? conversation. Ah, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, I was hoping it was something that would grab the public by its nuts. That's all we got is join the conversation. All right, let's go with it. So he's a guy who gets very angry, but he gives in very easily. He has to live in the world. He's furious that they don't have other ideas, but we might as well go with that one. He's mercurial. Yes. He's Shakespearean. He's operatic. And then he's like, all right, let's do it. I don't want to have an ulcer. I don't want to... I don't want to be popping pills. He's the head of KPCC. He's the head of KPCC. (laughs) God damn this place. You got coffee for me, Margaret? That's how he is. So up and down. He is up and down all day. Up and down. I love public radio. That kind of thing. That's him or you? I hate public radio. It's confusing because you just screamed, I love public radio, and I wasn't sure if you were... In character. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if you were still the character. That's the guy. He's like walking around that building. He sounds exactly like you. (laughs) There was no no affectation of any kind there. It just sounded like you stopped the bit and went, I love public radio. Oh, all my characters are, you know, they spring from the fount of me. The fount? (laughs) Is it a fount or a font? No, font is Helvetica. Oh, all right. God, what a day. What a beautiful day in Los Angeles today was, wasn't Wh- it? I don't know. Was it? Yeah. Why? Were you inside all the time? I was. I was inside the whole time. That's, that sucks. I was that watching sucks. football and doing work. Oh, that's true. I was watching football all day. So you weren't outside either. I was inside all day. What a beautiful day it was in San Francisco. I, that's what they said, right? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, are, the you, are you a Niner fan? That was a sweet win. That was a great game. Round of applause if you're into the NFL playoffs. Ah, about half people. About half people. <laughs> I can't talk anymore. Half people, half animals. Uh, <laughs> and how did you feel about Denver getting their ass kicked today? Loved it. Yeah. Even though I can't stand the Patriots. Right. But what, what did you like about Denver, about Denver losing? What did I like about it? Yeah. I don't know. why. There's something about... Are you about, a Tebow fan? No, there's something about that whole connection to God that I'm not, you know... It's I irritating, want, right? A little bit, you know. Like, I have like, no problem with people who delude themselves about God. <laughs> hey, I don't like it when they put it in my face. You know? Was he putting it in everybody's face? He does face? it every, 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 every interview with him is like, you know, Tim, how did you feel when you scored mm-hmm. that winning touchdown? Well, first of all, I ran down the field, and all I could think was praise to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Also, my wide receiver did a good job, you know? 
It's like he always he always puts it out there uh, that he's that he's very yeah devout. yeah yeah yeah. So he seems anyway. like not a ga- not a bad guy, but it's just like shut the fuck up. And then the other thing was all those focus on the family ads that they had on. During oh, that game, they're targeting. I hate advertisers. I hate them. <laughs> KPCC, <so>. fuck them. <laughs> Advertising, fuck them. No, because they're like, oh, Tebow people are watching this. So right. So you focus. hate the fact that advertisers look for people that might be interested in their product and target those people. Yes. You'd rather it was scattershot. Yes. Scattershot. Let's just sell to everybody. Whoever buys it, buys it. Right. I think, you know, the devil should advertise when TiVo plays. Well, that's... that's Come to fucking suck. (laughs) Come to Al's fucking suck cafe. There is no God. That's the name of the... That's The the devil runs that place? What? The devil runs that place? Devil, and, and the slogan is, there is no God. Fucking suck cafe. So you can... You can get fucked, sucked, and you can have a piece of pie and a cup of coffee. Yes! Yes. That's pretty good. Yes. That sounds good. The anti-Tebow place. Um, so usually at the top of the show, we do a segment called Checking In. We can't really do that because we're doing a live show. But did you have anything interesting go on with you this week? Uh, I had a tooth extracted. and That it, sounds it, interesting. That sucked. It really sucked. Round of applause if you had a tooth extracted this week. <laughs> That's amazing. That is you, amazing. You targeted the right demographic. All these fucking You started people. telling that story in front of a bunch of people who had a similar experience this but week. But you know, you know what? I hate the dentist, and I'm now 53 years so old. So KPCC advertising <laughs> the dentist. No, but I... You know, it's like 53, and like, you know, you start getting this medical shit, and you know, I'm still so young at heart, but the body is starting to go on me. <laughs> like, this fucking tooth, I didn't take, you know, my, my M.O. is, ah, uh, it hurts a little, but it'll be okay. You know what I mean? Well, like, I do know what you mean, but I think pain in different parts of the body means different things. Like, if you have an ache in your elbow, yeah. it'll probably go away. But if you have something in your mouth, that's going to be a problem. Really? Even if it's a sour ball? That's not See an what ache. I did there? That's not an ache. That's a pro. A sour ball is not an ache. It's a flavorful sensation. No, you sensation. said if you have something in your mouth, that's going to be a problem. No, I said if you have an ache in your mouth. Did I say something? What did he say? Let's rewind the tape. Some Fuck you. Because <laughs> he does this shit to me backstage. No, I said this, and I'm like, no, you didn't. But I did. Yeah. Anyway. So what happened... What, and it, so you and, flipped it. Sour ball. Great. Now talk about the fact that you lost a tooth this week. No, but my and my dentist, they're too friendly. Like, I can't take that either. Like, hi, hi, Mr. Pe-. It's like Wells Fargo when I had I my f- Wells Fargo account before I closed it and went to a credit union. Thank you. I don't feed the beast anymore. Now, make sure you save some of your stand-up for your set later on in the show. Oh. Okay. So, um, so... They're so friendly, I can't stand it. Fucking like, friendly people, I hate them. No, but you know what I mean when it's that phony Mr. Peppertone, like his assistant. How do you know it's phony? Maybe they uh, actually come on, like who's you. A, That's huh? your insecurity bubbling to the surface. <laughs> your dentist assistant might actually like you and be like, hey. Imagine if I get real cocky about it. Hey, how you doing? Really? I know everybody loves me like this. See, now are you being a character or are you being yourself? <laughs> I was trying to do a character, like a guy who's so cocky because everybody loves him. Like, you know, every fucking... Hey, Mr. Pepitone. Hey. <laughs> Took you a minute you to respond to that. What's this joint? So now you're doing... Now you're, 
Now you're doing a character named Mr. Pepitone. I'm doing a character named Mr. Pepitone. It's yeah, great. So what happened? You went in there. These fucking assholes were so friendly. Uh, no, they're just so friendly. And then, and then anyway, um, you know, it was supposed to be a simple extraction, but... So you already knew the tooth was going to get taken out. I did, and I was such a big boy. I feel like a big... No, when, that, when I'm still like that. When I go to a dentist and I know I'm getting a tooth extracted, I'm like, okay. How often does that happen, by the way? <laughs> All those, I mean, it can only, the most, it's it can, a couple of times. the most it can happen is like 38 times. Right? <laughs> is that how many teeth we have in our mouth? I'm just guessing. I don't You're know. just guessing. Yeah. You son of a bitch. That's a great guess. Because I can't dispute it. I'm like, ah, it's probably near it's the amount. Right. It's somewhere in that area. Brilliant guess. Anybody know how many teeth there are in the average human's mouth? Bullshit. I think that's right. I don't think so. Really? I think this would be a great game, like fooling celebrity guests. How many teeth do you have in your mouth? And welcome to how many teeth you have in your mouth. That's like going to be pretty like soon. Like nobody knows how many teeth they have in their own mouth, you know? Especially somebody who gets them extracted every couple weeks. <laughs> I think I'm down to 14. I don't know. But I still feel like a big boy. Yeah. Because I don't bring anyone there. I don't bring anyone there to be with me. Like, excuse me, sir. Would you accompany me to the dentist? I'm uh, getting a tooth extracted. Go fuck yourself, pal! <laughs> Where did that happen? Did that happen at the Suck and Fuck Cafe? No wonder. So anyway, there were some complications, and I am like, motherfucker. So what were the complications? Well, it's unbelievable. If you guys have had work done, when you hear the dentist start saying shit like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> like, I swear to God, the roots were long on this tooth. And I know, I didn't want to gross you out, but the roots were long. And he's like, oh, boy, this, this tooth hard. runs deep. <laughs> yeah. This get, tooth runs, he became Robert Redford. Get this me the river plow, runs. Mary. <laughs> and they're both going, and his assistant, the bubbly one, when, you start, when I started hearing her cry, I was like, oh, my fucking God. Oh, Jesus. I like him so much. <laughs> I haven't seen anything like Imagine if so lost when they were it. pulling your tooth out, were you were you sedated or? Were well, you... I was numbed. You know, yeah. they put so much Novocaine. God bless them. You know, yeah. because they don't want to get sued. They're so scared of any kind of lawsuit. You know, right? So let's just load him up with Novocaine. Load so him he up can't with Novocaine. Testify in court to exactly what happened <laughs> in his mouth. He doesn't know what happened. I love that they like shoot twelve needle needles into your jaw and they come back and they go, You numb? What do you numb? I don't even know I have a face. <laughs> numb. 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 <laughs> That'd be funny if what that's what mean, I would have said. If I would have got real bitchy with them like, numb, what a fucking kidding? I don't even know I have a face. You seem to be articulating rather well for someone with such a numb face. I like making the dentist laugh, though, because he was looking at my x-rays of my mouth, and I go, tales from the crypt, huh? And he just started laughing. And because I tell, you know what? I don't even get that. Really? Did I fuck up? No. How does x-rays have to do with tales from the crypt? Well, I was saying it looks like a horror show. That was the joke. And okay. he laughed. It was too you know. far for me to go. Yeah. But isn't it funny, like, when, have you had this when you tell uh, a professional that you're a comedian and they immediately expect you to be funny? Do you remember you guys did that to me on a plane once? No. We were traveling for CCL, for Chicago City Limits. I mean, Eddie and I were in a, uh, an improv group together it, for a long time. The improv group is like, can we have a suggestion of a period in history? Go fuck yourself! Thank you! Go fuck yourself! <laughs> but I was sitting away from you guys... Yeah. And you told the flight attendant that I was a famous professional comedian. <laughs> that he should come over and try to get me to get him 
to laugh. Oh, I think I do remember. And that. it was a very awkward situation <laughs> where I refused. You, to put of on course, a show. would refuse. Yeah. I, I would like, have been Just like, "Go get me another water, sir." I would have been like, "Start off with faces, and then start going pantomimes, <laughs> pantomimes, and then going." You have a peanut allergy, sir? Isn't that nuts? Like just weird shit. <laughs> anyway, so you made the, so you I made, made the, the dentist, dentist laugh. laugh. The fucking surgery sucked, and then he really scared me. Oh no! He said, "I can't go Bless any. You. I can't. I have to leave a couple of the roots because it's so deep. And if I were to touch a nerve, he said, your head your might face. Explode. No, he said you wouldn't be able to smile anymore." And I said, I'm a smiler, Doc. Because it would be like I had a stroke, he said. So he's scaring the shit out of me. And I'm like, I'm a big boy. I don't need this shit. You were shit. wishing that guy from the Suck and Fuck Cafe would have come with you at that point. Totally. Been like, believe this owl. So I'm anyway, stroke. it all kind of worked out, but I'm still a little sore. So you got roots in your mouth still that could travel around, That's do all sorts he... of damage. Hold it, what? And this fucks me up, too. Like, I listen to the layman. Like, I'll tell this story, and someone will say, oh, but this can happen, and I'll be like, really? By the way, I always feel like I need to bring this up when you talk about having dental work done. The fact that at one point in your life, you were on the path to becoming a dentist. That is very true. <laughs> my dad wanted me to be a doctor, so I always was into pleasing my dad up until about 20 when I snapped. And uh, I did. I was like, he was like, because he was a dean... Your father was a principal. My dad was a dean in a high school, and he was so like, you're going to be a doctor. And I said, Dad, just to please him, I said, I'm going to be a dentist. And he gave me a Novocaine needle so that for was my like, 17th birthday. That was, that was a, uh, a close second was dentist? <laughs> like, he was like, you're going to be a doctor. I feel like saying, I'm going to be a dentist is kind of a fuck you. I guess that was my way of rebelling. Yeah. It's like a very minor rebellion. <laughs> but then when I dropped out of college and said, I'm going to be an actor, he just he wouldn't talk to me for a couple of years. But he had given you a Novocaine needle for your 17th birthday? Yes. Beautiful Novocaine needle. Do you still have it? Huh? Do you still have it? Yeah. Do you really? No. I, he never gave me a Novocaine needle. <laughs> what kind of fucking father would give a son a Novocaine needle? And son, don't fucking numb anyone with that. I don't know. I feel like that's a nice gift. <laughs> really? My birthday's coming up. <laughs> I get you're you thinking, no, yeah, if you're thinking about it. Yeah. Kill the pain. So how long were you? How long were you numb for after that? Because I feel like that always lasts a long time, and you can't you can't yeah. eat anything. A few hours. Could like you, four could or you five eat, hours. Could you eat later? It sucked because I had to film puddings. Do you know these pudding videos I do? I had to film puddings that night. How big a boy am I that I didn't cancel that? And I tried to cancel, but the guy... The more you, the more you stress how big a boy you are, the less you seem like a big boy. <laughs> big boys just... don't talk about how big a boy they are. <laughs> Really? That's it would be funny if Obama, boy. for instance, was like, folks, before this speech, I just want to say I'm a big boy for doing this presidential thing. That'd be funny, actually. I think it'd be funny. I think it'd also be a little bit frightening that uh, right, all the, that talking. the most powerful man in the free world is uh, is. I can see Chris, Ma Chris Matthews just going, I don't know, Obama seems to be losing. He's snapping off the air, you know, and just the whole... He's not that big of a boy. He's, he's not that big, big of a boy. <laughs> I know big boys. He's not a big boy. I am a big boy. Obama's not a big boy. <laughs> I had it tougher than Obama. I'm a big boy. Um, well, that sounds that sounds like a horrible experience. You just like went. Oh God! It just looked like you looked.
like Marlon Brando from Apocalypse Now, like, ah, the horror. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast <laughs> crawling and slithering along the edge of a razor. That's what you look like for a yeah. second in the middle of the show. Just I'm like, a big fan of his work oh. as Colonel Kurtz. Boy, he blew up at the end, huh? <laughs> Fucking he, he. Marlon Brando. That is one of your, I, I think you should list that either on special skills or hobbies. What's that? Just noticing how other people got fat at some point. That is your uh, favorite uh. thing is to go, oh, that guy blew up, huh? I like that when they blow up at the end. Mm -hmm. That's fun to it me. It wasn't like, at the end. I mean, he was like that for 20 years. Was he? Oh, yeah. It was, it's amazing Bring to me. Bring me another tub of ice cream. <laughs> I'm starving. Where the fuck is... Uh, what was the name of his son who was so... Christian. Funny? Where the fuck is Christian? <laughs> I'm bring me some more chicken wings. Chicken wings and somebody make a run to Carl's Jr. He, he moved to Tahiti so he could wear, like, those big... Whatever they call them. I understand that. I put on a lot of weight and I was starting to wear the sweatpants and shit. Mm-hmm. They're very comfortable. That's exactly it. Next was Moomoo's. <laughs> I understand what Brando did. You know, you don't want anything around your waist when you start to... And that's not to hurt anybody who's big. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, anyway, so then I came home. We'll wrap this up. I don't want to gross out the audience. No, but keep going, please. I, I had did you get to keep the tooth? Because a big Somebody boy... Somebody else asked me that. A big boy would put the tooth under his pillow because the tooth fairy... Will bring a big boy. He had a cut the tooth in sections. Uh huh. Yeah. So I didn't want to keep that. You know, he tried to give it to me. I said, you. "Was it like? Was it like a karate karate trick at the end? Like he just put it on the table? Was like, Eddie, I'm going to cut this in sections. Five pieces of tooth. Uh, he did it with his head. <laughs> But um, yeah, so, you, so, so you didn't get to keep the tooth. No, I didn't. And 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 for the next five hours, I had to like suck on tea bags and gauze to stop the bleeding. Mm, that sucked. Delicious. Yeah. What, so what flavor with the gauze? What flavor? Yeah. Hazelnut. Hazelnut yeah, cappuccino. Yeah, it's nice. The, what they do with gauze these days, folks, is amazing. I mean, as far as flavors go. Yeah. Oh my God. Delicious. Unbelievable. I'll, I'll once in a while pop a piece of gauze in my mouth just for the fuck of it, you know? I'm not bleeding or anything. <laughs> Let me get two of you, a pound of sausage, some provolone, and about a half pound of gauze. <laughs> Vanilla hazelnut. Thank you very much, Al. So anyway, I had to toot that. <laughs> um, well, that sounds horrible. Any trip to the dentist is always horrible. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to think that, though, because I hate... And I'm sure everybody does, but I, I hate taking care of that. I need to be more on top of that shit. Well, the thing is, if you don't take care of it, it just gets worse. You wind you know? up, you know. And, and uh, yeah, you end up with your tooth sliced into 11 pieces because they couldn't get it out of your mouth because the roots right. go Right, so now deep. I'm going to the dentist every day. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? It's me. Just want another hey, check. Hey, Mr. Papatone, it's your friendly receptionist. <laughs> nice to see you so quickly again. They start getting less friendly. Go uh, away, Mr. Pepitone. Hold it. You were friendly as fuck a couple of weeks ago. That was an act. Imagine if they finally admitted, all right, it's an act. I hate people. I can't stand them like you. Let's go get coffee. And hate each other. And hate each other. Um, well, that sounds awful. Yeah, but I made through it. I You're made it through. You made your puddings. I did. I did the puddings. I was fine because I had a bunch of ibuprofen. And they gave me a prescription for Vicodin, <laughs> which is for me a slippery slope because 
you know, take I a couple like, of Vicodins, all of a sudden you're sitting on a pillow smoking a hookah. <laughs> That's right. All in of an a opium sudden, den. All of a sudden, I'm going on Mulholland Drive going, Whee! Hopefully a lot of people were listening to this on headphones when that, <laughs> when that happened. Uh, all right. Well, we have a great show for you we guys. We do. Let's go, baby. You guys ready? Show? You guys ready from, for a great show? Why don't we... Uh, just one mic, huh? Just one mic, right. Um, do you want to introduce our first performer? You think I should? Let's have like an awkward... Don't leave yet. <laughs> don't just walk away. Um, all right. Our first performer coming to the stage tonight. You know her. You love her. Please welcome Miss Amber Kenny! <laughs> dentist story, huh? <laughs> Give it up again for uh, Sean and Eddie. Uh, but I will say, you know, call me old-fashioned, but I don't believe men belong in the business. I think they should be at home, killing spiders and opening jars where they belong. <laughs> Thank you for the one clap. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, do you have any girl with a dragon tattoo fans out there? Well, I wasn't a fan. Um, my parents actually are big, big fans. Read all the books multiple, multiple times. And uh, they were very excited to share this moment with me. They, they went out of their way to say, like, Amber, like, the three of us, we're going to see the movie Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. Let's do it. And I said, okay, and um, it was going good. Um, there was like a rape scene. And it was awkward, because I'm there with my parents, but um, I'm an adult. It's forwarding the plot or whatever, I could hang. Uh, then when the second more violent rape scene happened, uh, it was a little bit more awkward because um, right before it started, my mom goes, hey, Am, you're really gonna like this one. <laughs> Big smile, thumbs up. And it was really disturbing and it like upset my stomach and uh, then my mom realized it wasn't the scene she thought it was. And uh, she was horrified. Um, she was thinking of the third violent rape scene, which is like the revenge rape scene, which makes it fun to watch, question mark? Uh, I like hanging out with my 13-year-old niece, Bridget. Uh, She's very cool and very pretty. Um, even when she was 11, she already looked and sounded exactly like Paris Hilton. But she was still a kid. So it'd be like, uh, hey, Bridget, you want to see a movie? Oh, tougher dogs looks good. <laughs> okay. I'm making friendship bracelets. What's your favorite color? I like yellow, unless that's not cool. Is that cool? Did I win? Um, 
And then I try to be like the young, fun aunt. So I say goofy things like, hey, Bridget, see ya, wouldn't want to be ya. <laughs> Everyone wants to be me. <laughs> and it's true. I want to be her. She's so fucking cool. Um, I like spending time with her because I know if we were the same age, she would not give me the time of day. Uh, but she's 13 now and just getting prettier by the day. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> I got bangs because she told me I'd look good with them. <laughs> That's true. That's a fact. Um, when I was home for Christmas, like, we made eye contact for a second and I gasped audibly. Like, I feel bad for the boys in her class. I stutter around her. She's gorgeous. It's crazy. Um, and she recently friended me on Facebook. <laughs> and at first I was like, uh-oh, this is a bad idea. No, it isn't. It's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Uh, wish I could quit my job and just like stalk her on Facebook full time. It's good. Um, she sent me a message on Facebook, and I'm going to read you the transcript. Uh, keep in mind, she reached out to me. This is how cool she is. Her first message to me. Hey, Chica. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> So this is my attempt at a response. Hola, girl, girl. No. No. Trying too hard. Clunky, no gut. Then she writes back, this child that I may or may not be making fun of on stage right now, um, she writes back, I miss you. Um, so I write back, miss you too. You look gorgeous in your profile pic. Totally true, by the way. It's a problem. I had to tell my mom she wasn't allowed to try on my prom dresses anymore because it hurt my feelings how good she looked in them. Uh, and then I say, how's life? Look at me, I'm reaching out to another generation. And she writes back, life's good, I love my friends. So true, Bridget. <laughs> Life is good, and I do love my friends. God damn it, I can't say it any better. <clears throat> the first time I ever did comedy, when I got off stage, a creepy guy came up to me and said, uh, you should do more material about your boobs. And it really offended me. It really hurt my feelings. Um, but tonight I'm finally gonna take his advice. <laughs> so you're welcome. And I'm sorry. And shut up, seriously. Um, they aren't the pleasure cruise you might imagine. Uh, my back hurts all the time. Finding a bathing suit at Target, forget it. Forget it. Extra, extra large? Uh, it covers like a tenth of what I need it to cover. And I know what you're thinking, oh, that just makes it sexy. No, no, no. 
No. It's just like oozing out of different, it isn't attractive. I guarantee you. And I realize uh, the material I'm doing right now is probably the least relatable material I could possibly do. <laughs> it's like I'm up here going, I've got a million dollars, but I gotta pay taxes. <laughs> uh, um, so I spent a month in Africa when I graduated college with my folks. It was my graduation present, and it was amazing. It was an amazing once-in-a-lifetime experience. I went on safari. I saw amazing things. It's, I can't even talk about it all the way, but um, I think what I took away from it the most was the 30 pounds I gained. <laughs> How fucking American is that? Oh, you guys are hungry? <laughs> Can I see a dessert menu? Or? Uh, when I came back, two things notable. One, I turned into a total douche noz, and I started every sentence with, well, when I was in Africa, and the second thing was my good friend, my very good friend, was like, so did you hook up? <laughs> it was tempting. I came really close with those 30 extra pounds on my body, with my folks 24-7, <laughs> in the AIDS capital of the world. <laughs> but somehow I kept it in my pants. Don't know how I did that. <laughs> I don't know if it's here or not, but uh, in a lot of bars in LA, I don't know if you've seen this, they have those posters, get tested. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> you guys are so polite. Uh, in Africa, they have those same posters, but at the bottom it says, no, but really. <laughs> Seriously. It's a really big problem. <laughs> you shouldn't make fun of that on Melrose on a Saturday night. It's sad. <sighs> All right. You guys are just a ball of joy that I love so much. Uh, and I wish I could stay here all day, but you got a big show ahead of you. So um, enjoy the rest of it. Thank you so much. <laughs> Amber Kenny, everybody. So, round of applause if you're having a good time so far. No, no, no. Round of applause if you think, if you thought Lincoln's death was inevitable. Round of applause if you think we're becoming machines because we're constantly on our cell phones and computers and we're rewiring our brains and losing our humanity. Round of applause. Yeah. Round of applause. Round of applause if you have a sleep apnea machine. Round of applause if you're tired of comedians manipulating you through the round of applause vehicle. Round of applause. All right, enough of that. Enough of that. Are you ready for your next long shot comic? I know you are. 
He is the host of The Long Shot. I've been doing comedy with uh, Sean for, I think, almost 20 years. Uh, he is one of the most brilliant comedians I know. Please welcome Sean Conroy, everybody! <laughs> I uh, I went to a bar last night, and I got carded. <laughs> Let me elaborate on that. <laughs> I was asked to provide legal documentation that I am over the age of 20. I look like a Ukrainian hitman fucked a Civil War general. <laughs> I should not be getting carded. <laughs> if it looks like the next words out of my mouth could be, Martin, I like you. <laughs> but the boss he don't like. <laughs> I should not be getting carded. <laughs> if it looks like the next words out of my mouth could be, good morning, gentlemen, and isn't it a fine morning for a battle? <laughs> From this day forward, those damn Yankees will know that John Reb means what it says, when it says that the right of a man to own another man as property should be decided at the state and not the federal level. <laughs> I should not be getting carded. <laughs> I love the Civil War general who tries to inspire his men by over-explaining what they're fighting about. What I'm trying to say is this is not a constitutional monarchy or bicameral legislature. <laughs> also, gentlemen, just so you know, the town in which this battle will be fought is pronounced Manassas. I know a lot of y'all been having a lot of fun telling people we're going to be all up in man asses. <laughs> but you pissing off the townsfolk. <laughs> I, am, uh, I am glad to be here tonight. In fact, I'm glad just to be back in this country. I just came back from my cousin's uh, wedding, which was in Bogota, Colombia. If you can believe that. Yeah. Apparently, Baghdad and the West Bank were booked that weekend. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Of course, going to Columbia, man, I had to go through customs. Now, here's a tip. When you're going through customs and they say business or pleasure, don't say pleasure is my business. <laughs> I, uh, I missed my flight. I had a great time at this wedding. I think weddings are always fun. I think my favorite thing about this wedding was that I got to see all my little cousins. And they're hilarious because they're all these little white kids from the suburbs who think that the coolest thing they can do is talk like they're black kids from the inner city, you know? But it always sounds a little bit off. Like they're walking around going, 
Yo, man, I think I got a piece of popcorn stuck in my retainer. Yo, check this out, dog. I got this at the book fair. <laughs> Yo, I got to break out, kid. It's almost five o'clock and I got a bassoon lesson. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> so you know who, as it turns out, is completely crazy, and I've really been thinking about this, and she is. She is totally out of her mind is every woman I've ever dated. <laughs> now here's my question, how come if a woman comes over my apartment and puts on one of my shirts, that's a gesture of affection? But if I go over her place and I put on one of her dresses, <laughs> all of a sudden I'm too fat I am a little worried about my weight. It turns out it's very difficult to stay in shape when you're living on a diet that consists primarily of buffalo wings, beer, and hope. <laughs> they, say, they say that as men get older, they tend to take on more of an apple shape. I thought my last girlfriend was just trying to be sexy when she started calling me golden delicious. <laughs> say type of apple. <laughs> If you always have to use a bomb line after a joke, is that a good joke? Uh, all right, here's a couple of things I was thinking about. Uh, I, uh, I listen to the radio a lot. I'm sure a lot of you do too. Driving around here in LA, I listen to the radio, and it gets me down uh, constantly, no matter what I listen to. Like, the other day I was thinking about how I was having a hard time right now, and I turned the radio on, and I was like, it's not as bad as this. What I was listening to was classic rock. And I was like, at least I'm not a classic rock DJ. <laughs> Imagine if you were a classic rock DJ, you would have been listening to the same 11 songs for the last 40 years. You know, it's like, all right, that was Leonard Skinnerd. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, I am going to kick this stool out from under myself <laughs> and go down in a blaze of glory. <laughs> Not going to listen to that, though. It's too recent. <laughs> we don't play John Bon Jovi on this classic rock station. Uh, and then I listened to another station, which I guess you could describe as an urban station. I don't know. Um, and they were having a call-in segment on the show. They wanted people to call in and give their opinion. This is what they wanted people to call in and give their opinion on. Hey, everybody, you're listening to us. Can you please call in and tell us, would you date a handicap? <laughs> would you date a handicap? What does that mean? <laughs> like, would I date multiple sclerosis? That's a handicap. I don't know if I could pin it down to get it to come with me to see the girl with the dragon tattoo. Which I don't know if you heard, but there's a bunch of good rapes in that movie. Um, but, uh, 
Oh yeah, that was my fault. I uh, <laughs> and then the other one Eddie was kind of referring to this before was uh, was was public radio, KPCC, and all you know all the NPR stuff. You know, I I feel like they must have sent out a memo at some point where they were like, okay, from now on we are only hiring announcers if they have accents or speech impediments. <laughs> the only exception we will make is if they. <laughs> If they have a name that sounds completely made up. Like when I turn on NPR, this is what it sounds like. All right, you're listening to Book Talk. I am your host, Steve Quadnitz. And before we continue with today's discussion, let's find out what's coming up on the news at noon. Uh, this is Warren uh, Flyfield, and uh, coming up on uh, the news at uh, noon, we have a report from uh, Kabul. Here's a preview of that uh, report. This is Derek Brief. I'm outside American headquarters here in Kabul, Afghanistan, where it seems that many Afghanistanis are ready for the Americans to depart. For example, this man. I don't like that they are still here. I wish that they would leave soon. That way I could go back to making musical instruments out of sand and goat bones. <laughs> All of this plus the Washington Minute, live from Capitol Hill. I'll be with you in a few. My name is Triptych Squanto. It's insane. I hate NPR. Uh, okay, here's a here's another uh, here's another thing. Is that uh, I was home for Christmas in New York, and uh, I was staying with an ex girlfriend of mine. <laughs> and at one point, you know, it got late in the night, and she was like, "Okay, I think I'm gonna go lay down." And I was like, "No, you're not. You're gonna go lie down. <laughs> you're misusing." a word, and I think it's important that you sound like an educated person, so you can probably tell why we broke up, but uh, it's like, you're gonna lie down. She goes, oh, I forgot. You're such a grammar Nazi. Yes, absolutely, I'm a grammar Nazi, because anybody who wants you to use the language correctly is the equivalent of people who wanted to exterminate an entire race. It's the same thing. In fact, I was thinking about it. I wonder if, uh, I wonder if anybody ever corrected Hitler on his grammar, you know? Because he was always so, like, energized when he was giving speeches and he was gesturing and pointing and, and he would come off stage and he'd be like, all right, well, I think that went fairly well. I think I'm going to go lay down. Ah, uh, beg pardon, mein Führer. <laughs> You're going to go lie down. <laughs> Oh, Goebbels, you're such a grammar Nazi Nazi. <laughs> so that's another thing I was thinking about. <laughs> um, I guess I'll, I'll leave you guys with this. 
I uh, I know what you're wondering at this point, and the answer is no. I am not a member of the Mile High Club. <laughs> Barely a member of the C-Level Club. <laughs> also not a member of the Mile Low Club. Turns out it's very difficult to get a girl to take a ride with you in your earth drill. <laughs> By the way, that is my only earth drill joke. <laughs> Possibly the only one ever written. <laughs> That's it for me, thank you. <laughs> Uh, all right, folks, we're going to keep this show moving right along. Coming to the stage right now. You've seen him. You've heard him. You know him. You love him. Please give it up for Mr. Jamie Flam. Hi, everybody. We're having some fun. What a show. What a show. We're having some good times. Give it up for everyone you've seen tonight. Um, I'm going to start by saying that I'm a little bit nervous. A little bit nervous. Uh, I'm putting a lot of pressure on myself for the show tonight. I don't know if you realize this, but we're going to be recording this and uh, releasing it to thousands of people will be hearing this. And um, their impression of me, they maybe have never seen me or heard me do anything. So what I do tonight is of utmost importance. So uh, I decided to dig in the crates, break out an act that I know is going to kill. <laughs> um, it's killed a million times before. So um, with no further ado, I, Jamie Flan, present... Fun with cups. Hit it, guys. When I say cups, you say fun cups. 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 When I say cups, you say sad cups. 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 When I say cups, you say mad cups. Mad cups. When I say cups, you say great cups, cups. Okay, I'm just kidding. All right. Thank you, Max. Thank you, Max. That, that's not what I'm going to do. Uh, I am going to mix things up a little bit. Take us out of the stand-up format. And um, if I've learned one thing from doing this Long Shot podcast, it's that... Um, I'm really good at making things very awkward. Um, so in the spirit of that, uh, I thought I would read from my high school journal. Um, these are all real excerpts that you're going to be hearing. Um, and I've read this before at a wonderful show called Mortified, so um, I'm just going to start. Again, all real. Okay. Hi, my name is Jamie. We've already <laughs> gone over that. Um, I was a huge nerd for pretty much my entire life until I realized that I was almost 17 and still hadn't Frenched a girl. Uh, so before school started up, I consciously changed my, my clothes, my hair, and pretty much everything else to be more like the cool guys who got all the attention at my school. And these guys were mostly black, or acted like they were black. Um, so I became obsessed with black culture, which naturally meant dating black girls. I knew that being hard and gangsta like these guys I so admired would get me my ultimate goal, first to be kissed, but ultimately to get laid. 
So now, let's start reading. 10-16-1993. Hello, my name is Jamie Ryan Flam. I'm starting a journal on the night of my first official kiss to another girl. <laughs> Which, okay. Uh, I know it's pretty pathetic, but after living for 16 years, 11 months, I think it's finally about time. I've had so many fucking chances. But tonight, I finally had the balls to do it. Her name is Siobhan. She's only 14 and in the ninth grade. But I don't give a shit. <laughs> it only lasted about one minute, but what a relief to have finally done it. Siobhan is black, and of all my friends, I'm the first to get that sweet black pussy. <laughs> Anyways, I'm writing this a very happy man at 1 a.m. Catch you later. 11-3-1993. Yesterday was my 17th birthday. Worst fucking day. Since I wrote last, I've been with Siobhan, and we've been really close. But at school, she's crazy and quiet. Today, she ignored me. Finally, I talked to her, and it seemed cool. But she flirted with Rashid the whole period. I want to kill her, dumbass. <laughs> Bitch better explain herself. I'm growing to love her, but she's really pissing me off. Oh, by the way, she's my girlfriend now. I'm waiting for her to call me so I can yell her dumbass off. <laughs> Nothing more to say, but Michael Jackson's my homeboy. Peace. 11-9-1993. Hey, G, what up? Well, back to Siobhan. All that time we spent getting closer didn't mean shit to her. On Friday, I told her my feelings, and we yelled at each other. I called white Siobhan. And um, it's important to note that there were two Siobhans at my school. <laughs> They were best friends. And the other one was white Siobhan. Because she was white. So I, I called white Siobhan and had her tell Siobhan I was going to a party and going to have a good time. At the party, I got faded and had a cool time. <laughs> when I got back, white Siobhan told me that Siobhan wanted to break up. I told white Siobhan to tell Siobhan to call me at Mike's if she gave a shit about me. And if she didn't call, I'd assume we broke up. She called me at Mike's and we just yelled at each other. And now we're just seeing each other. It's okay, I'm all right. I love her so much right now. But she's still a bitch-ass 14-year-old dumb hoe who don't know shit. She said she'd still be dedicated to me, but I'm gonna definitely get some other pussy, baby. <laughs> anyway, life's a fuckhole, and I'll write more tomorrow. Peace to all the homies who have been there. Nothing like homies. Peace to all the rockers, boppers, mop-toppers. <laughs> And hippity hoppers in the house. Okay. 11 16, 1993. Siobhan is very nice towards me all of a sudden. She wants to hold my hand, says I love you, and kisses me. I guarantee the bitch will be back. No woman in her right mind can resist a man like me. She's so beautiful. And I realize how big her tits were today. Next weekend's gonna be a real fuck up. I work at Cinnabon Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. <laughs> Fuck that bullshit. Well, peace to my homies who called me today. 11-20-1993. Well, bitch-ass Siobhan was a bitch. I'm sick of it. One night I have her, the next she treats me like shit. Last night I told her I was sprung, now she's using it against me. Fuck it. Time to move on. Find a hoe that'll respect me. Peace, I'm out here. 11-25-1993. Well, a lot has happened in four days. 
I decided that a 17-year-old like me doesn't have to put up with a 14-year-old's bullshit. <laughs> On Tuesday night, I told her I think we should call off our relationship. I really didn't want to do it. I pray to God she comes running back to me, but if not, life will continue. I got to work at Cinnabon all during the four-day Thanksgiving weekend. Peace, and I'm out at 500. <laughs> Twelve six, nineteen ninety three. It's eleven oh one a.m. and I'm pretty depressed. I'm just loser Jamie once again. <laughs> Only now I've kissed one girl instead of zero. My heart is broken. Fuck bitches. <laughs> I was in love for the first time, and she was too for a while. I had a fine girlfriend that loved me. God damn it! I need some more black pussy. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> And then I wrote a poem, <laughs> which, by the way, I, I read drunk on the first ever Longshot um, live podcast. So here it is again. We have our dreams. We have our hopes. But it only hurts worse if you mope. It's all right to feel depressed, but make sure your anxieties aren't stressed. A hummingbird will come and go, but always leave a feather. Take the feather, hold it close, and then you'll feel much better. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, 12.30, 1993. This is where it gets really awkward. <laughs> I've been doing a report in history on slavery. <laughs> I'm extremely fascinated with the era. I wish I lived in the 1800s or early 1900s. Life wasn't as terrible as today. <laughs> it was simpler. Just thinking of living in the deep south then would be wonderful. Oh, 17. Or a big city in the 1920s. Fuck 1976 to 1993. Life is getting so fucked up. Fuck LA. Fuck USA. Fuck world. We need a change. I wish my family had a good history. Ah, oh, fuck it. <laughs> By the way, Cinnabon fired me last Sunday. <laughs> uh, my boss called me and bullshitted me. Fuck him, what a cocksucker. Anyway, um, just to get you up to speed, at this point, I finally got over, uh, uh, over Siobhan, and um, by March of the next year, I found myself a new girlfriend. So March 2nd, 1994. Now ask yourself, honey, who's the mech? Actually, there was no honey in there. I don't know why <laughs> that came out just now. Okay. Uh, me, baby. I'm seriously a happy man. Tonight I asked Marlisa to be my girlfriend. I have a girlfriend. I'm sprung on her. She's such a good kisser, a good talker. She's a cheerleader. Nice ass, great legs, firm breasts, gorgeous tongue. Great face, the list goes on. And she fucks. I think. <laughs> I bought some condoms. I'm nervous, but really excited. I think I might be in love. I'm so happy. Marlisa is so wonderful. Her dad's a huge black guy, and her mom's an old white woman. <laughs> They're cool. I think that's about all I got to say. So peace in the hood. All right, June 11th, 2000, or, shit, 1994. <laughs> Guess what, baby? 
Baby, 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 baby. My parents were gone, so I invited Marlisa over. You'll never believe it, but I lost my virginity. On my bed, nine o'clock, listening to Black Moons enter the stage. <laughs> which obscure early 90s East Coast hip-hop reference. And maybe the weirdest thing you could possibly lose your virginity to. <laughs> if, download some stuff and imagine having... Okay. Um, I used a condom and fingered her and grinded and just had one hell of a time. <laughs> I can't believe I actually had sex. I never thought it would happen. Now me, John, Mike, and Gary are all official. <laughs> <laughs> It was exactly how I expected, but better. She liked it, too. Life is wonderful. Check you soon. Thank you, guys. I'll see you sometime else. As they say, I'll see you sometime else. <laughs> That's the old expression, right? Uh, thank you very much. Give it up to everyone else in the lineup. And uh, there's Eddie Pepitone, everybody. Jamie Flom. Truly horrifying. <laughs> Truly horrifying. I was just thinking that that would be a funny way to torture uh, people in Guantanamo. <laughs> Do you want to hear another excerpt from the Flom Diary? Get Flom in here! <laughs> okay, I am going to keep the show moving. Are you ready to keep the show moving? I'm ready to keep the show moving. I'll tell you why I'm ready to keep the show moving. Because pace, pace is so important to a show. You cannot break the momentum. Once a show is going, you gotta keep it going. Because if you fuck it up by going too much this way or too much that way, a show doesn't go. So you just want to keep going, going, and going, and going. So our next comedian... <laughs> our next comedian... Um, what a funny woman she's written for... Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon. She only writes for Jimmy's. Uh, she's writing right now for two broke girls, one of my favorite comedians in the world. Please welcome Morgan Murphy, everybody. What's the matter with you, man? Ain't none. Yeah. Just want us to be on. Tell a friend. It's that symbol again. That double you coming through. What's the shot on Uh... Hi everybody. That's uh, it, it's always funny when I hear other uh, other white folk talk about you know an, an adolescence um, immersed in urban culture because uh, I also did that. I I don't. I think if you grew up in a in a, in a city, I grew up out here, uh, and you were twelve, thirteen, you know, really ten to to twenty uh, when. Uh, gay gangster rap became uh, prominent. You thought, um, oh, I, oh, f finally someone gets me. <laughs> I, that's how I felt as a tween growing up in Studio City, California, when um, The Chronic came out. And I thought, finally, someone truly gets who I am deep down. <laughs> I did slam poetry. Um, for reals, no irony. Like I was seventeen. I mean, well, let's let's say from from twelve on, I thought I had a very legitimate dream of being a rap superstar. Uh, 
And then about 17, I, I was in college and a slam poetry group came to my school and then they had an open mic after their show and I, I obviously signed up because I knew that I had what it took <laughs> and I did my thing and I rapped about you know, who I was and um, revealed things about myself that you know, only I knew. And clearly I was well received because uh, they asked me to do other shows with them. And I live every day with a fear, a deep-seated, just profound fear that somebody will put a video of myself doing slam poetry <laughs> on the internet. Um, there maybe is not a day that it goes by where I don't realize there's, there's footage, there's footage, there's evidence that I rhymed my opinions. <laughs> and it devastates me. It, 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 to the point where people always say, like, I don't really mind. Um, also, you know, not like, you know, vagina shots and stuff, but I'll send pictures of my tits to fellas. I will. I don't care. Because, one... I got good tits. I don't, I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not trying to be, I'm not bra bragging about it. Barely anybody ever sees them. I, I don't have the emotional capacity to really um, be uh, close to another human being. But I, but I will, you know, I'll have a little fun here and there and I'll say, you know, oh, you're cute too. And then I'll send a picture of my tits. And my friends always go, well, aren't you worried that that'll end up on the internet? And I'm not because... If somebody, you know, ran into a room and said, Morgan, you know, hurry, look at the internet, there's something of you on there. And then I looked, and it was just a picture of my tits. My first thought would be, oh, good, it's not me doing slam poetry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my tits. Oh, okay, fantastic. That's not embarrassing. It's not the time that I did a 15-minute poem about my Eurocentric roots. It's not that. Well, fine then. I'm good. It's my gaping butthole. Well, I'm perfectly okay with that. <laughs> I'm perfectly okay as long as it's not me gesticulating, uh, gesturing like I'm actually moving the ones and twos. <laughs> I did all of that. What is wrong with us? It's, I don't know. I, I do, I mean, I like that you don't have to be a black or a white to get into the hip hop, but oh my God, what I did was just pathetic. Really, but it was the first time I ever made money doing anything live performance-wise was doing a lunchtime performance at Santa Monica Community College as a slam poet rapper. I'll admit it. I'll admit it. I'm sort of proud of it. I mean, I'm deeply ashamed, but I'm also proud of it. <laughs> I don't know. Everyone's fucked up. I, I was... Tr <sighs> Did any of you guys watch that uh, football game today with the Tebow and the... Nobody wanna He didn't do that well. I like to say that he played... Um, Today, Tim Tebow played, like, right before the game, someone showed him a picture of a vagina. 
And then the rest of the game, you oh, I can't, like just a shaky. (laughs) He hasn't changed my mind on abortion necessarily, Tim Tebow. I appreciate that he's got um, convictions uh, and he has not changed my mind on abortion at all, but he has, because of him, I I do now support any kind of a test that they can do um, where they, I just think they should be able to tell you if your fetus is going to be good enough at sports to be worth keeping. <laughs> is that... I don't know if that's what he was trying to do, but I... <laughs> I don't know. Tim Tebow. I don't... I, the whole abortion thing is so weird. It's so... I, I think of Tim Tebow as like this guy where you go like... Because I, I, my friend Vanessa, who's a very cool chick, you should meet her, um... She doesn't know anything about sports. And I tried to explain Tim Tebow to her. And I realized, would you explain him to somebody who doesn't know who he is? He just sounds like a crazy person. Where I'm just like, oh, he's a football player. She's like, yeah. And I go, yeah. And he, like, like is, d- is a virgin. And she's like, oh, that's weird. And then you go. And then he, like, writes Bible verses on his, like, under his eyes. And she's like, well, that's weirder. And I'm like, and then he, like, truly kneels and prays to Jesus Christ after every touchdown. She's like, well, he's like a real person. Like, she has no... (laughs) I get his thing. I get the whole abortion. I give money to Planned Parenthood. I'm a very good person. I give them, like, a monthly donation. They, you know, like, they took my credit card information. Some lady in front of a grocery store took my credit card information. I I gave it to her because she had the shirt with the logo, and I was like, oh, this is legitimate. I'll... Sure, my social security number, absolutely. I don't, I'm, I'm just, you know, going in to buy Jack Daniels with a commemorative glass. <laughs> um, the weirdest thing, though, is that they, I'm trying to figure out, like, I feel like, <laughs> this is a weird letter to write to Planned Parenthood, but I just want them to write the word donation when they take the money out of your credit card because I look at my statement and it just looks like I spend money there every month (laughs) every month I look at my statement it's like oh Planned Parent there it is again like and then also I wonder what people think I would do like what is ten dollars a month like what does that even get you there like a half I mean, I don't even, like, I'm a regular is what it looks like. Like, I'm a fucking regular at Planned Parenthood. Like, I have a chair with my name on it, and they <laughs> kick a hobo out of it every time I go in, because there's always a hobo in your chair. I don't know why that would... I don't know. Do you keep long pauses in, or do you edit them out? <laughs> I'm just curious. God, I've known... I thought when I was asked to do the show, I thought there was like interruption or interview things. And like I've known Eddie and Sean for so long, I I was like, oh, that'll be fun. And then they said, no, you just do a set. And I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know about that. I don't really care. That's the weird thing too. You get to a point of stand up where it's like, I get, I don't care. I don't. I do. I like doing it, but I don't. What is it? I just told you stories. I mean, who cares about my stories? Is that sad? That's too sad. Sorry. I'm not, I'm trying to be happier right now. 
should we talk about? I was next door doing a set. I don't even know if I'm supposed to reveal where we are. Um, <laughs> we're in a bunker. Some lady in the front row we just kept talking. I didn't do any story. I just talked to some lady, and she was wearing like a diamond cross, like very Orange County style. And she bought me some like a wet nipple or slippery nipple, some a shot, like hot coffee with booze, like some, you know you drink it at like at your bachelorette party or so. I don't know what. And then I realized that I was just talking to her. I it's weird though to like literally move twenty feet and go. Oh, none of these people are drunk and want to talk to me because that's the only reason I go out. I Cut that, you know, all that part out. Everything I've said from now, I'm no, I mean, just that story, I mean, literally from when I started, just cut it all out. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to... I just don't want to be my mom. I, I want to be... I like my mom... She's all right. She just had a facelift. She keeps... My mom thinks everything's going to make her happier. And, like... So she had a facelift, which is... I don't know if you know what this is. It's like when they take your face skin and they pull it away from your face. And then in, the, in that little gap there, that's where they find your self-esteem. <laughs> she didn't tell me she had it. She called me, like, three months later and told me she had it done. It's like, that's, I'm an only child, and I grew up with her. And all she ever has to tell me is, like, when she goes under. I feel like that's our rule with each other you tell me when you go under i tell you when i go under and then otherwise secrets right that's it like and she didn't tell me in my head i'm like well what if you'd fucking died or it's like you know i don't know anesthetics they, they, uh, anesthesia they, it goes wrong and then the cops call me and they're like you got to come uh, identify her body and then they wheel her out and i'm like i don't know if that's her i don't know the fuck that is she looks good whoever that is she looks nice i don't know who it is though can you stand her up? Because I know that... Oh, that's inappropriate. I apologize. I've never done this before. I don't know. <laughs> Did you look in her purse? Are there like 40 pictures of her dog and none of me? Because then it's her. I know that, that that's her. For sure. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, I don't know. Oh, yeah, my Planned Parenthood donations. I guess I'll leave you. It's weird. Your credit card statement, I realize, is like the, it's the utmost, like, it, it, there's there's no better proof uh, of what's wrong with you than your credit card statement. Like, because I was looking at it and I was like, I, I saw the, the Planned Parenthood thing and I was like, oh, I would appreciate if they had these two words. It would make me seem like a much better person. You know, like someone who gives every month, like, and... I mean, not not a fetus, someone who gives money every month. <laughs> but like, I was, uh, I had credit card fraud, and when you have credit card fraud, the lady calls you, and like, you have to go over all your past purchases with them. This woman call, calls me, and we're going over my purchases. And until that point, I really didn't think I was an alcoholic. I thought I was fun, <laughs> and. She calls me and she's like, "All right, well, we had five. I had five thousand dollars in like African jewelry purchased on my credit card by somebody else. Wink, you know." And uh, <laughs> so she's going over all my shit, and I, as she starts going over my purchases, I start thinking, oh, I, have, "I have a problem. I have a severe problem because they were, they were all, all bars." 
every single like she's calling me. She's like, "All right, okay, it's seven forty-two. Did you spend eighty-six dollars at the Ye Rustic Inn?" And I was like, "I did. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah." Right? And then she's like, "Okay, at nine thirteen, did you spend eighteen dollars at the drawing room pub?" I did. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Right, and then she's like, oh, "Okay, at ten thirty-five, did you spend a hundred and fourteen dollars at Jones on third? I was like, "Ah, uh, yeah, that's me. That was also me." And then she's like, "Well, that's pretty far. Did you drive?" I'm like, "Yeah, you know, see, cunt, I drove. Who cares? Maybe I did drive." <laughs> and she's like, "All right, the next morning at uh, eleven eighteen a.m., did you have an abortion? No, I. That's a donation. I make a donation, <laughs> and maybe you should just uh, mind your own da, 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 da beeswax." I think that's it. Is that my time? Is that good enough closer? It's not a big closer, but it's adequate. It's my last joke. I could say more. Who's supposed to come get me after I'm done? Eddie? Who is it? Sean? Sean, you can come get me. I think I'm done telling my jokes. Morgan Murphy, everybody, keep it going for her. Morgan Murphy and her slippery nipples. All right. Uh, oh, this is turned around now. <laughs> Folks, if you're listening to the podcast, I am showing incredible mic skills right now, demonstrating what years of being a professional will do for you. There we go. Uh, are you guys enjoying the show so far? Okay, we have we have a couple more things to get through, and the first thing is something you're really going to enjoy, ladies and gentlemen, coming to the stage right now, Mr. Eddie Pepitone. I thought the I, I worry about the show so much that when I heard Morgan going. Who, who, who comes and gets me? You know? I, I was like, oh my God! Is the show going off the fucking rails? And I was backstage with, with Sean going, go get her! Get that woman! She's done! Um, so, let's see, what do I want to talk about tonight? Let's see, oh yeah, I hate myself. Now I'm being gentle with myself. I'm being gentle with myself. I love, you know, I go to a shrink and they have to say stuff like that. Like, just be gentle with yourself. You know, just be gentle with yourself. So whenever I leave her office, I'm like, Eddie, I love you so goddamn much. I love you so goddamn much. You're great. You're fucking great. Come here, you son of a bitch. Come here. Come here. Just hold your dick. Hold your dick. Doesn't that feel good? Doesn't it feel great? You deserve it. You deserve it. You've been doing great goddamn things. You got dressed today. 
You drove in L.A. again. By the way, I get so mad driving in L.A. Like I have to, before I get in the car, I have to go, don't get mad, Eddie. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. It only leads to trouble. You're either going to get killed by some lunatic or because I, I fucking, I just have road rage. And whenever I, you know, I give the finger to people, I do a lot of hand things like, you know, but I remember doing this one time and a guy got out of his fucking car and I don't want any part of that. You know, I like, you know, I, I eat sweet things, so I don't want to fight. I, I love comfort food. I love cuddle blankets. I'm not going to fight like a savage. You know, that's when society breaks down. When you're like, you know, you're in your car, you're giving each other a finger like, you know, you know, like normal people do. You know, you're making the suck thing. That's what a civilized society does, you know, a civilized society. When you get out of the car, this guy wanted to kill me, but what I do is I inti- intimidate him with facts on my life. Like, I, I don't get out of the car, but I just roll down the window just to crack, and I go, really? You want me out of the car? Do you know I only have $3 in the bank? You still want me, really? You still want to fight, huh? How about this? A plant has never survived in my apartment. I don't know how to take care of shit. You still want me out? Here's something for you to ponder, fuckface. My sister starts off her emails to me, dear garbage. You want me out of the car? (sighs) Just don't like... I just don't like... I don't like driving, except when one street turns into another. For some reason, that gets me off. Like, I, I, love, to take, I love to take Crescent into the valley uh, because it turns into Laurel. Oh, what a, what a fucking beautiful fucking time that is. <laughs> Isn't it when a street turns into another street? Have you ever done Rossmore turning into Vine? Really sweet. Nice to do on a first date. You know what I mean? Like, honey, let's, why, don't we, why don't we take Vine? It turns into... Ah, baby. <laughs> Um, let's see, I like to, because I've booked some television shows lately, I like to, you know, I, I just want to be a celebrity so badly, you know, because I've toiled in obscurity. I just want to be a celebrity so badly because, first of all, you know, I love having, you know, the yes people around you that celebrities have. Like, they just want to do shit for you constantly. And, like, a big celebrity can say anything like, look... I want a mango martini, and then I want someone to put their finger in my ass, and then I want WTF podcast on my Mini Cooper, and then I want to be held. <laughs> and then I want to be driven to the movie Warhorse. And while I'm watching Warhorse, I want someone to be whispering in my ear, you're the best. <laughs> I just love when you go on the set of a television show and everybody, it's just so funny how every, every show is just, they think you're so special, you know. You, oh, hi, Eddie, how was your trip over? You know, how was your trip over? Can I get you anything? Can I get you water? You know, what do you like, Diet Coke? Well, there's no Diet Coke here for Eddie! <laughs> you know, they're just, they want to give you shit like, bring Eddie something beautiful! <laughs> 
They don't even specify was it what it is. Just bring them something beautiful. I don't care what it is. Something from a reservation. Something that was made by Native Americans. With feathers, it'll catch dreams. Eddie needs something beautiful. I, uh, I used to... Um, I mentioned before that I, that I, that I got Vicodin for this uh, extracted tooth. And uh, I have to be careful because I got addicted to Vicodin a couple of years ago. And I came up with a commercial for Vicodin. What do you think of this? The camera moves in really slowly on me. And I, I just look at the camera and I'm like, Vicodin, come to think of it, I am a little sore. <laughs> Because that's the thing when you have Vicodin. You know, you're like, I don't know if it hurts. I think it does. I want it to hurt. I quit all drugs, actually, because I was a huge fucking pothead. And there is, there is a myth about potheads that they're so fucking mellow. They are not, because if you ever fuck with a pothead's high, like when someone would fuck with my high, like, like, because a pothead is all about just pleasure. Like, that's all, like, they're just always like, I just want this, I just want this to be pleasurable. <laughs> oh, God, this day is going to be so good. <laughs> that's what it was like for me. It was like, like, I would plan out the day, like, I would smoke, and I'd be like, okay, at 10 o'clock, I'm going to watch Judge Judy, because it's so funny when I'm high. <laughs> It's so funny when I'm high. And then, and, then, and, then, and then when Judge Judy's over, I'm going to jerk off the porn where everybody's in a, in a, in a leather hood. And then, then I'm going to take another hit and I'm going to have the lasagna. But if you fuck with the potheads high, like, like you know, like I, 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 I was roommates with, with, with these people and if my lasagna was eaten by another roommate during my high, I'd be like, who the fuck took my lasagna? I am high. I had the lasagna plan, then I was gonna wrap myself in a cuddle blanket, then I was gonna watch the Giants, then I was gonna listen to Pink Floyd! That was my day, and you fucked with it! So there's a myth about potheads, and uh, I, I've also tried to be vegan, which is hard, you know? Very fucking hard. And I'm the type of guy, I'm the type of guy I watch a documentary and then I get really, really dedicated to whatever the documentary says for a good hour and a half. <laughs> but I get so pat, like I, I'll watch Food Inc., a great documentary about the food industry, and I'll be like, that's it! I'm not eating factory farmed animals. And I get so pissed about it, I'll just open the door to my apartment and yell, anybody in this complex eating meat answers to me in 210! <laughs> but then I'll smell a meatball hero and go oh I like to watch the rangers with the meatball hero and I'll, it'll fade it'll, it'll fade but you know it's weird because I, I have become more or less vegan I call myself a moment to moment vegan but I, but I still am I, I am still a bastard you know what I mean like I'll still be like honey where the fuck is the quinoa. And that's a phrase you don't hear a lot. 
from a vegan? Because I picture vegans, you know, after they eat, they have like a trampoline made out of non-destructible materials, you know, like, come, we'll jump on a trampoline. We didn't have any dairy. <laughs> and um, I don't know. This is a soft generation, and it's not good because this is going to be the generation where everything collapses. I really do believe that. I, I really believe we're, we're heading for collapse, and I, and I don't think this generation can deal with it because I call this generation like the cupcake generation. Like I just walked four blocks to get a coffee. I wanted some caffeine, and I, I walked into this place. Do you guys know this place? It's right down here. It's called Sweet Lady Jane. Do you guys know that? And it's just everybody's eating cupcakes and shit. <laughs> And I, and I just want to yell, the apocalypse is coming, you fucking idiots. You fucking idiots. You shouldn't be in sweet lady Jane. The global financial meltdown is here. Um, but it's just... It, but people are in sweet lady. I just think of my father's generation where they, his generation, they just fucked and fought on the docks. This generation doesn't even know where the docks are. You know, we have to Google the docks. Like, where are the docks? You know? Had, well, I didn't know. I thought everything was here. You mean it was shipped here? What are you talking about? I thought it was just here. I mean, and this generation has been made so soft by... Tw Is there a virus out there? That's people coughing. What is it, outbreak out there? <laughs> Contagion? Um, but I can't imagine this generation, it, it's made so soft by Facebook and Twitter and, and all that crap. I couldn't imagine my father's generation like, you know, saying shit like on the docks, like, hey, Frank, how many birthdays today? On uh, your Facebook feed. <laughs> I don't know, Tony. Too fucking many. And if I don't get back to everybody, they get mad at me. Plus, I don't know what to say on my status update, you know? I want to say something pithy and funny. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't imagine my father using Yelp to find a bar to drink himself to death in. You know what I mean? I mean, how would that go? Like looking for a place with, uh, looking for a place where the family can't find me, but they have great jalapeno papa scent. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, 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 the, the Twitter, Facebook thing, and I'm addicted. You know, I'm addicted to it because I like to write funny shit, and then I'm like, uh, you know, I'll write a funny fucking status update and or a tweet, and I'll just. I'll get, you know, after I send it, I get kind of a warm, <laughs> you know, a warm feeling because I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be like 25, 30 comments. <laughs> you know, I just walk around the apartment, I put on something silky. <laughs> I put on like a mixed, a mixed CD, you know, I call it my waiting for the comment tape music to come in and... I just walk around, wait for the comments to come in, and I call my father, tell him how well I'm doing. Dad, my status update. You said things weren't going well for me? Guess again. 17 likes. 17 likes, father. 
this generation, it'd be funny, this generation talking to the next generation, the way older people, you know, talk to uh, the younger generation, like we're going to be saying to the next generation, you had it easy. You can do your status updates through holograms. We had to fucking write it out and send it. Um, television, uh, very fucked up. Everybody wants to be on it if you're an actor here, but I, I just think the, you know, the what people watch is insane. Like, I remember when they had the show Trauma on. Do you remember Trauma for a brief time? Like, what the fuck? Were pe- do you think people in the middle of the country... I mean, who is thinking about this shit? You ever see this fucking show? It was about people getting their heads blown off and then emergency work. And most of the shows on, like all the CSI shows about grisly fucking murders. I mean, what do they think people in the middle of America are like? Like... Honey, like after a day at the farm, you know, on the farm, it's like, sweetie, put trauma on. Crank it. I love trauma cranked. When the murder, when the bomb hits in that cafe, just crank it. Okay. Um, you're lucky to see me. I want to say that. Um <laughs> Uh, I, you know, I don't know if many of you know, but I was forced into stand-up by my dad because, um, no, because I come from a line of doctors. My dad was a doctor, and he was like, Eddie, don't get into doctoring, you know, because of malpractice. So he forced me to be a comedian. He was like, you get in that room, and you make funny faces in the mirror until your face is flexible. And I also want you to develop observations. I want you to be able to hold a mirror to people to learn about their reality. So when they watch you, their reality is reflected off you. I want you to work on your pacing. I want you to be able to go to town to town making drunk people laugh for very little money. I don't want a boy who's going to put down roots in a community. I want someone in their 50s who just has a lot of nice T-shirts. <laughs> All right, everybody. I'm Eddie Pemitone. Thank you. And uh, now we're going to bring out the rest of the long shot, the rest of the long shot cast, and we're going to do something we call parting shots. Let's bring everybody out. There's Amber Kenny. Here comes Jamie Flom. Is Morgan still here? Morgan, come on up. Morgan, oh, come on up. Our guest, Morgan Murphy. So this is a uh, this is a segment on the show that we like to call parting shots. Come on over here, Morgan. Luckily, we have two mics amongst five people, so everybody gets one fifth uh, or two fifth. I don't know how the math works. Um, all right, so parting shots. Let's start tonight with you, Eddie. Oh, wow. Well, uh, interesting to do parting shots in front of a live audience after a stand-up set, because whatever, ha- whenever, whatever happens to me... We could ruin the, sh- the whole show right now. Could we? By doing parting shots if it doesn't go well. That's true. Like, that's what people will walk away with, was like, why well, I liked it, and then it just took a left turn and sucked the rest of the way. They'll be driving home going, what the fuck are they doing parting shots for? Margaret! Why are they doing parting shots? I don't know, Al. I thought the show was over when the last guy did his stand-up. Same here. Actually, the worst case scenario... Callback. That was a callback. Maybe that was the worst case scenario. 
I don't know what the fuck just happened, but I wish I could just point over there and have music come up. I'll tell you what a parting shot is. Fred, hit it. Oh, but see, it has to be different music from Jamie's music. My parting shot is this. Yes. My parting shot is this, is I got a sleep apnea mask, a new sleep apnea mask. Congratulations. And I was so psyched because uh, they had given me a, uh, I had a sleep apnea mask. So you had a tooth removed, but you got a new sleep apnea mask. (laughs) And I was actually. Your insurance carrier is going crazy right now. I was actually very psyched about it because they told me, oh, we had the wrong settings for you. So now uh, the air pressure, blah, blah, blah. And it still sucks. Like, I just, I'm like, uh, I believe I told you that when you were excited. You did. Yeah. And I was really excited. I even turned down work to get, I even turned down the web series you were working on. Yes. Uh, which, you know, I felt kind of proud of that I said, I'll pass. I like, sa- I like saying that now. Like, I'll, I'll pass. Have you passed on a lot of stuff lately or is that the first thing you passed on? That's the only thing I ever passed on. <laughs> So you're living a good life now. Living a pretty good life. So that's my, that's my party shot. All right. Well, let's go next to Jamie. Do you have another one planned out besides the song, or did you blow your load right at the top? That was, that was off the cuff. Off the cup. <laughs> so was that. Look at me. Look at Wait me. a minute. You're saying that he had that song queued up off the top of his head. I, bullshit. I call bullshit, Jamie Flam. I, not for that moment. I, I had just... You yeah. had your parting. That's what I'm saying. You blew your parting shot load right at the top, so I, now you gotta have another one. Uh, Jamie Flam, as it were, not Flam. It's only been two years of doing the podcast. Are you serious? <laughs> FYI, um, no, my parting shot um, at the end of every episode for the last um, couple seasons, <laughs> I've asked our guest for some words of wisdom. And this doesn't count as your parting shot, Morgan. You still have to come up with something to part with, but... Some sort of nugget of knowledge that you would impart to this crowd right here and all of our listeners at home. Like, just as people? It would have been great if we just had a spotlight there. Like, it just went... Do you want me to give people wisdom? Like, just people I don't know, think uh, some advice that would make them better in their lives... A group of people who do different things, who aspire to be different things. You want me? You're to- undermining it, but yes, that's the basic idea. Um, I I think everyone should get Apple TV. I think it's really I, like useful. <laughs> that's a good one. I like it. That's yeah. a, that makes me want to get it. All right. I'll go next. Uh, Here's my parting shot. Eddie mentioned that I was working on a web series this week, and I got the opportunity to share the elevator with a guy who at one time was the coolest person on the planet. And uh, can anybody guess who that was? Correct. Yes. How did you know? Yeah, the Fonz. That's the person you think of, right? And I got on the elevator, and this guy came in right after me, and he was like, hey, how's it going? And I was like, holy fucking shit. It is Henry Winkler who played the Fonz. And then I went back. Do your, This is my parting shot. Do yourselves a service. Go on YouTube and look up some clips of the Fonz. It's really fucking funny. <laughs> he had, like, magic powers. He was, uh, he was amazing. So that's mine. Amber, what is your parting shot? 
round of applause for Sean's party shot. <laughs> I know I Never mind. <laughs> uh, my parting shot, first of all, this is way past my bedtime. Uh, and second of all, this... Always good towards the end of a long show to remind the audience how late it's gotten. Um, but like 9.30 is past my bedtime, so it's not saying much. Um, this was a stressful show for me. It was super fun. But uh, in the audience currently are um, my current boyfriend my ex-boyfriend, and my parents. So, um, so I'm glad it's over. <laughs> and by the way, after the show, Amber's current boyfriend and her ex-boyfriend will be fighting a duel in the parking lot. So stand by for that. Uh, so it comes down to Morgan. Morgan, what's your parting shot? Oh, that wasn't the Apple TV thing? Was no, that's what I was saying. You still have to have a parting shot, despite Jamie's trying to focus it on you. I, I just think I think you're doing a great. Uh, I, I think that, 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 you know, if you can differentiate between your um, your boyfriends and your father, that you're you're ahead in life. <laughs> so good for you, folks. This has been the long shot. How about a big hand for our guest Morgan Murphy, our sound guy Jorge. Our intern, Alex, who was sitting here confusing everybody at the beginning of the show. Okay. And, uh, and we thank you guys. How about a big hand for yourselves for coming out? Yeah. We'll see you next time on The Long Shot. Good night. Good night, everybody. And I completely lost track of the signs. And I didn't even notice the...